Unfortunately, Stephanie Turner has lived every mother's nightmare. Her firstborn child and only son, Tucker, died at the age of 19 of fentanyl poisoning. But this mama, this mama is turning her grief into life-saving action for other children. Her story and her mission are coming up next on today's show. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Corlitis, your host, and thank you once again for joining us this week. Uh, right here on the top of the show, I want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. Tell your mama friends about our podcast. Every week we're here to empower you, inspire you, and educate you on all of these topics that affect us as moms, right? We say this, every issue is a mom issue. So we've got an incredible show coming up with a wonderful guest today. Uh, I do want to invite all of you here to join the movement here at Moms for America. If you haven't joined our movement, uh, we are moms uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. You can check us out at momsforamerica.us. Sign up for our newsletter there, join the movement, and you can be a part of our sisterhood all across the country. Uh, we're doing some really great things. All righty, on to today's show. Today, Stephanie Turner, she um, she's an amazing mom. She displays her never-ending love for her son, Tucker, on her right arm. It is a striking tattooed image of Tucker's face, and you can't miss it if she's wearing something sleeveless. In fact, I saw this beautiful tattoo when I met her uh, last month in Branson. Um, this is not only a tribute to her late son, this tattoo, who died at the age of 19 of fentanyl poisoning, but it is a conversation starter. It is a way for Stephanie to warn others about the dangers of fentanyl poisoning. That's what it is. It is, it is fentanyl poisoning, which has grown at a devastatingly rapid rate among teens in the last five years. We all know there is a fentanyl crisis and her story today, it is a sad story because she lost her son, but it is an amazing story because she has taken that heartbroken, her, her heartbroken heart and moved on to make a difference for parents and kids all across this country. Like I said, I met her last month in Branson. I was so impressed by her and her story and what she is doing to help save children across America. Welcome, Stephanie, to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you for joining us. I know this is uh, a difficult discussion, um, but just from knowing you and meeting you, I know that you're passionate not only to share Tucker's story, but to help other moms and other kids all across the country. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so nice to get to know you and walk this journey and inspire others. Yeah. Oh, well, Mama... I want to talk about Tucker. I want to talk about um, what you've learned about fentanyl since his death. I want to talk about this bill that you're working on. So um, let's just kind of talk through this journey of his life and, um, you know, maybe just a little bit about your family first and, and, and Tucker, and then we'll talk about him specifically. So I know that you are a mama of how many? Four. Yay. Yes. Four. Yes. I have um, my oldest, Tucker, 
would be 21 and I have an 18 year old daughter and a 14 year old daughter and a nine year old daughter. Oh, you're busy. You're I a am busy, busy. mama. <laughs> All those I, different ages. We know that that keeps us busy, doesn't it? Yes. They are my why. I know they are. Um, introduce us to Tucker, uh, just a little bit about who he was in this, in this amazing young man. Yeah. Tucker was my first born son, my first child. And he was born with just a light to him and a spirit within his little body. He, um, was a deep thinker, very curious, adventurous, just all boy. There was a tree to be climbed. He was up it or a animal or a bug, a reptile. He loved nature. Uh, he loved his family and he loved others. He was a, I call him a, a righteous kid because he, he always, if there was garbage blown down the road, he would go get it, throw it away. Or, you know, he just was um, an upstanding kid and really brilliant mind, a really deep thinker. Now he had, um, had a, a bit of a situations in his journey through his teens with uh, addiction and it started with marijuana is that correct yes when he was I guess the end of his eighth grade year his friends and him started smoking marijuana they would play their video games or things like that so that's how he started using a substance to cope with stresses of life and as we look back now so many people are convinced that marijuana is a gateway drug would you agree at this point as you look back yeah, yeah, I definitely, at the time, maybe I didn't think I wasn't as worried about it. When I grew up, kids were smoking marijuana and lived to talk about it today. Um, in hindsight, I really do think that marijuana is a gateway drug. And actually, Tucker believed that it was. And he advised his mm -hmm. sisters about the dangers of it. And he has regrets. He said he wishes he never would have started smoking mm -hmm. weed. And right. so... I have that from his perspective because we sh we talk openly about a lot of things um, with I kid with my kids all my kids we talk right and these are some of the things along the way that moms are going to take note of because um, you're sharing from an experience a heartbreaking experience and I think these are the things that moms have got to understand if someone else has lived through this you're telling this story today to help this mom that's listening you're one of our moms for America moms in Texas. You, this yeah. is part of your mission to help moms. So moms, please understand marijuana by all accounts, most people will say that it is, is a gateway drug. How did this now play into pills for Tucker? Cause that's where he went. He didn't go into heroin, cocaine from what I understand, correct? It was pill addiction. Um, yes. So started with marijuana and really it's, when an adolescent brain is developing and the high concentrated THC and how it does scientifically cause effects on the brain, as well as not coping with real life. He's not giving himself any coping skills because he's using marijuana to take that away. And so that's how it started. High school is hard, challenging, social pressure is just school um you know his counselor often said he's just a square peg that doesn't fit in a round hole public schools have a system in a way and that was a challenge for him but it wasn't ever because he wasn't able to learn it was just that he didn't fit the mold of the public school model 
So that progressed. And as he got out of school, I think he was really still just struggling, trying to find his way. And I called him drug curious. He was really interested in the effects of drugs on the brain. And he would send me articles on the properties of psychedelics on the brain and studies that John Hopkins had done and things like that. So he was curious of chemical responses. That was an interest of his. But the first time he was introduced to a pill, it was in January of 2021. And that was before fentanyl was talked about. And he was told it was a Xanax. Um, so he he was deceived in what it was. And I always say, you know, he didn't use cocaine or heroin because he understood how the negative properties of it. He didn't want to have a drug like that, but he was offered a Xanax and that had fentanyl in it. And so it changes the chemical composition of your brain and it causes a lot of dopamine to be released. And he came home from that New Year's Eve party and he told me about the pill that someone offered him and that he took. And we had, a, I asked what it was and he told me it was a Xanax. And I, we had a conversation about not taking prescription medication from anyone that wasn't you know, prescribed to us. So and for clarification, he took a, a, a Xanax and had a horrible reaction. And you believe that that was fentanyl laced the first time? Yes. He said okay. that his friends told him that he quit breathing. And at this time, he's almost 19 years old. And I think it's kids like he went to a deep sleep. I've never taken Xanax before. He had never taken Xanax before, but that was what I, you know, I just thought it was kids being a little dramatic that he mm -hmm. went to sleep, but quit breathing, I think is probably what happened. Now, did that scare him enough to, obviously he continued, but how frightful was that? And, and how did this continue? Is, did, did you think that that was the point where some type of addiction to the to the Xanax started? Absolutely. In hindsight, I see it so clearly, but I didn't right. at the time. You know, it was like, oh, I took a pill. We had a conversation about not taking it. And I would say I felt like he was kind of like a little curious about it. He had almost like a little smirk, like like you could tell he really maybe liked the feeling that he felt. Um, if someone were to have a surgery and you get that first little bit of medication and you kind of feel that fuzzy, like woo feeling that euphoric feeling. That's what it feels like when those, um, when anyone takes a, a fentanyl laced pill and that's just the dopamine responding. So they just feel bliss and relax and it kind of presses pause on life and you don't have to think about the struggles of life or what you're dealing with. So on so the now, outside, that's what you feel. Right. And that's progressing through that the month of January, by the end of the month, he was acting, you know, kind of out of personality, just short, kind of mouthy with me and disrespectful. Okay. Um, and now he's, he's going in and out of, was there some rehab through this? I know that you, his parents were trying to help him on so on many levels. I didn't know at that time that he was using at all. And okay. I had asked him like, what are you on? He's like, oh, I just took a Xanax. And I said, so like, I thought he was getting prescription medication. So I did not know. And there was no treatment at that point because I didn't understand the depth of the problem. It wasn't until um, March that I found him in my upstairs living room, seconds away from death, where he had taken a half of a pill 
and was blue and lifeless and unable to breathe. Um, and I woke up that morning to hear like this weird gurgly noise and it was him um, dying really. So and what happened at that then? point, so you called? yeah, I called, I screamed for my husband to call 911 and thankfully paramedics came. My neighbor is an ER nurse and we got her over, but there's nothing you can do to get fentanyl off of the brain. Fentanyl binds to the receptors at the base of the brain. That's what controls our ability to breathe. So when fentanyl is in your body, that's why when you're given fentanyl, you're intubated to monitor your respiratory. But when fentanyl is on that, there you can't shake them or put water. Like there's nothing you can right. do. Is that like Narcan that yes. comes in? It's it's this, yes. there is nothing like this for fentanyl. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So the only way you can save is naloxone, um, and that's what EMS came and they administered it. His vitals were awful. His organs were already sh shutting down to preserve his brain. He was really seconds away from death, and so he went to ICU. And from there. We told him that if he wanted to have a place to live, a car and a phone, he would have to go to treatment. And, you know, that's the tough part because you're trying to parent, you're trying to do what is right at the same time while you're fighting. Right. You know, at this point, he's 19 years old. Right. And he's living on his. So I want to make sure I might have missed said that. So the Narcan that comes in if someone overdoses on heroin, is, is that what they used to revive him? Because maybe I said the wrong thing. No, um, naloxone is the brand, Narcan is, or Narcan is a brand name of okay. naloxone. So think of like Kleenex is a tissue and there's okay. different brands. So Narcan is the most common one, but there are also other brands. But that is what revived him. Yes, that is what okay. revived him. And very, very quickly, it binds to the receptor. It pushes the fentanyl off of those receptors and then they're able to start okay. breathing. Their own right, because I, I know that this Narcan or, the, you know, whatever, brand it is, is, is really the life saving. It is bringing, you know, it's saving people. Um, so yeah. this is what saved him. So I want to make sure I made that clear. Cause I kind of confused and, that when I said that. And I think it's important to think of Narcan as like, you have a fire extinguisher in your house, not because right. you want to light your house on fire, but in the event, or we wear our seatbelt, not because we want to get in a car accident, right. but in the event it's protection. Right. That's kind of the comparison. Or if we're allergic to peanuts, we have an EpiPen, but not because we want to eat peanuts. So exactly, it's, it's important that we don't view naloxone as something that encourages drug use. It really yeah. is a life-saving in the event if somebody is using. Yeah, yeah. So thank God we had that, but they were they then took him. They you, Now you're on a journey of trying to help him with rehab, help him stop, help him get, help him help himself. But like yes. you said, he's living on his own. And this is what happens as moms. We can, um, we can't force anyone to do anything. All we can do is just pray and help. And that's where you were at this moment, right? Yes. And, you know, him and I always had a very, very close relationship and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> so, but that wasn't enough to save my son. And this went on. He went to two different treatment centers from March, and he was there for a couple of weeks, and then he got out. Then he relapsed again, another situation. So he went to another treatment center that we paid to have him stay for six weeks, and he got out the end of July, so July of 2021. And at that point, he was doing really well. 
I started training for a triathlon with his dad. And on the outside, I kind of felt like, whew, we got over that little rough, right. you know, six month struggle and we're on to better, better days. And, you know, he, he was like, I'm never smoking weed again. I'm not doing any drugs at all. And started training for a triathlon with his dad. And I was just so relieved and proud. And I thought he was on the path and he was maturing, just seeing it, you know, he was growing into the man he, he was going to, he was going to be. Um, so at that point he had been sober this all through the summer, all of July, August, mm -hmm. September, and the end of September, uh, three days before his triathlon, he was at my house and I sent him home with some food and you did a big was, cooking. Uh, I heard that in one of your videos, you cooked him all kinds of food. So he had extra protein. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I said, how can I support you? Um, what can I do right. to help? You? I just don't think I'm eating enough because he did a fit. He worked construction and then came home and would work out. So he wasn't, he was working hard and I thought he was good. And I told him right. goodbye. And that was, he, he went and purchased another pill off of social media that, um, a peer that lived nearby and he was found dead 10 hours later. Oh, Stephanie. I'm so sorry. There's no response for that. Um, to hear a mother say that and to understand, um, we can't understand your grief, but you say, we're so sorry um, that this happened. And uh, I know now you've turned this message uh, it's into, a miss in, into a mission for you. And, and, and this person with this, with this drug, I, I know that you contacted the police. We didn't even get into that, but you contacted yeah. the police. You tried to do everything you could to uh, let the police know that there was this dealing of, of that was laced with fentanyl because you, you, yes. you'd let them know, tell that story. Yeah. Um, from Tucker's first um, poisoning, which was March 13th, I contacted the police when I found out who it was and was sharing his social media post. He would post, you know, I got new, new pack is in, I got, you know, pills. He would, post what he has for sale, his guns, his drugs, his parties. And he also was a 19 year old addicted drug addict. And Tucker said he was taking up to 15 pills a day. So this was something that was, he was a regular user. Tucker was not a regular user. And there is that kind of stigma as a, an addict is someone who uses every day. When in the event, the people that I am meeting, the mothers that I'm meeting, these are kids that are struggling who reach out for a substance to try to cope with whatever, and they die. The The ones who are using regularly are having a little more survival because their body is used to it. So two treatment centers later, no one told me when you get out, if you were to relapse, your chance of dying is so much greater. I wish I was able to understand that. What I know now, I could have had such a better open dialogue with him. The common theme with Tucker is when he used, this isn't party drugs. These aren't what kids are doing with their friends in for fun. They okay. take a pill and they go to sleep. They go to bed. They you want to escape. Escape. It's an escape drug. So it's not, it's so different than what we used to view. Like, you know, right. we would have alcohol and parties where people were getting together, but this is a silent drug. And when Tucker did this, it was when he was alone. And there's a lot of guilt and shame. 
that he felt. I think he felt frustrated that he couldn't beat this addiction that he could, he told me it felt like a scratch in his head. And it's that strong. It's a scream for it. And so we know it's 50 times stronger than heroin. So if you think about that, I know, like I struggle with not eating Cheetos in my pantry when I feel stressed. That's like so minor. Right. But if I take this, those stresses or if someone likes to drink wine at night or whatever your crutch, mm-hmm. we all do things to make ourselves feel better, work out, you know, people do healthy things. Like there's all different things and we, ju- we judge and we put stigma on it because it has drugs. So this issue is so severe and it's demolishing a whole generation of, sure of young lives and young men a lot of young men 75 percent of men young boys are using this i think they struggle more with their feelings and this is out so he always used alone and then the night that he used his roommate wasn't home and i know that it was because he thought no one would know right and he just wanted to your point to your point it was an alone drug it's not a party drug it's not the speed back in the day of high school i remember people be taken drugs because it made them hyper and have lots of energy and so you know this isn't this this isn't this at all you know and I know that you were speaking all around the country can you believe this mom speaking all around the country trying to save other children and this is what you want to talk about you want to talk about the dangers of fentanyl and that parents have got to get up to speed Uh, you have some comparisons for us how powerful it is you you just referred to it but tell us again so we understand how incredibly lethal you call it not a drug you call it poison don't you it is poison it's poison and it's being added to all drugs it's being found in heroin cocaine marijuana right. vape cartridges it's being added very easily it's cheap it's synthetic and it's coming across the border it's coming from china to mexico and it's hitting and we're, i'm in texas so we are getting hit really really hard right now We know that two milligrams is a lethal amount. So in the hospitals, they measure in micrograms, milligrams comparable to four grains of salt. So I have here on video, but for those that can't see the video, um, one packet of sugar. So think of, you know, that we use for our coffee or any packet that you'd get at a restaurant of sugar. And if you were to dump it out, Mm -hmm. one whole packet is enough to kill 500 people. That's 500 people will mm-hmm. die if one packet of sugar is dispersed. Yes, 500 people potentially dead. 30 grams of sugar, if you just measure 30 grams of something, yeah. that's enough to kill 15,000 people. And in 2022, the DEA seized 90, 99% of the pills that were seized by the DEA mm-hmm. contained fentanyl. And 60% of those pills contain a lethal amount of fentanyl. So we know that 60% of all pills bought on social media contained fentanyl. 60%. I have to say this to my, I have to say this in my mind, 60% of everything that kids are buying online through drug dealers, whatever it is, I I call them all drug dealers because Mm -hmm. obviously they are. um, 60% of those are laced with with the poison. Well, 99%. 99% are laced with the poison. 60% have a lethal amount. 60% have a lethal amount. Okay, exactly. Even even more, 
shocking for all of us to, to, to look at. I mean, this is just, you go online, you buy pills, you're getting the poison. It's just how much? How much? Yes. I'm actually um, in Plano right now. I spoke at a visual, a 17 year old girl, her and her friend were at their house. And, you know, she had a friend over and they had family in town and the girls went upstairs and an hour and a half later, mom goes in to talk to them and finds her daughter dead on the bed and her other friend just seconds away from, from death. These kids the ki that are getting the drugs, how they're getting it is from their peers. These are students. They can, they're buying drugs on social media and it's not your drug dealer. Like, you know, if you just don't go to that bad part of town, drug dealers, when I was a kid were older people. Right. These are kids selling pill, selling kids drugs selling, to yeah. other kids. And now we're having kids. My son's drug dealer was 19 years old. He was arrested um, six months after Tucker had passed. He's charged with the death of Tucker. He's also linked to two other deaths of teenagers in our community. <gasps> and he's facing 20 years to life. He's now a 20-year-old boy that he's ne never been able to get out of jail a day since he's been arrested. 20 years to life, his life is forever changed. And my heart hurts for those as mm -hmm. well. These are kids going to prison, teenagers. Right. Nobody wins with fentanyl. Nobody wins. No, no. nobody wins. I know so, that that you have a, a, a beautiful tattoo mm -hmm. of Tucker on here. I've seen it in person. Um, you use this as a um, a way to talk to people. And it really is striking when you see it. You you just want to say, can you tell me about your tattoo? And you're using mm -hmm. this as a conversation piece along with legislation. Tell me some of the things that you decided to do as a mom to help our culture, help other moms and help kids. <clears throat> There's There is a lot of guilt and shame. I speak of that a lot because that hinders us from being and living bold and authentic into ourselves. Right. And I have a lot of confidence in the relationship I had with my son, but not everyone gets to have that. And shortly after Tucker lost his life and I understood it different, I thought we have to educate our kids and parents. Parents don't know this. You don't, I didn't post when my son was given Narcan. Oh, my son was revived with Narcan, you know, like, thank God he lived. Right. You don't talk about this. This is a, it's a, it's a closet thing. So I approached the school board and I was asking to get fentanyl education in schools as well as Narcan on campus. And they did bring Narcan on campus, but nothing to be proactive, no education. They wouldn't let me speak. Uh, I wasn't able to talk to our student body and it infuriated me. And I continued to try and I kept getting more resistance. And so I formed a nonprofit called Texas Against Fentanyl because I was told I couldn't speak because I didn't have a nonprofit. And so I made it Texas oh. against fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell this mama, you're not going to be able to speak because I don't have a not-for-profit because she's going to go and get a not-for-profit on the books and she's going to go and make a difference. Yes. And that. then I titled it Texas against fentanyl. So everyone has a nonprofit. So if you want to have a voice in this, then you join our nonprofit and nice. we will equip you and give you that. And I pursued on, my school went and talked to me, so I went to the sheriff because I wanted him to get in the schools. Well, the schools in my county weren't letting the sheriff in either. So then I went wow. to the Capitol and met with my state representative and said, this is crazy. These kids are dying right and left. And meanwhile, wow. I keep connecting with more mothers, more mothers, more mothers, all these mamas. And if they knew and how I feel every day, 
it's one more person. If I could just share my story to one more person, it could right. save someone's life and I don't have time to waste. So there's a bill filed right now. There's actually a hearing on it tomorrow. It's House Bill 3908 and it's requiring fentanyl education in grades six through 12. I also went to the State Board of Education to see what we can do about getting education. And so we're we're currently raising funds right now to build a curriculum that will be put into all public, private, and charter schools. And so we're raising funds upon for you. Uh, after we complete the, the build on it, after funds are raised, we will make sure we will donate it to every public, private, and charter school in Texas. Ah, oh, what a story. Talk about amazing. Talk about, wow, taking your broken heart and just trying to make a complete in just to impact everyone too. And I love that you didn't give up. This is what I love about doing this podcast is I get to interview moms like you that said, I see the problem. I've either help, felt it in my heart and it's affected my family or I know it it's happening in the culture and I want to make a difference. And yes. you are making a difference. You could be bitter and you could be crushed or you could be better and make a difference. So God bless you, Stephanie, because mm -hmm. I know this is not easy. As before we even got started with the podcast, you were so emotional because you had been at this vigil speaking yeah. and you relive this every moment, the loss, mm -hmm. but because of the love for your son and the love for children in, in our country and, and moms, you're out there making a difference. You are Moms for America in so many ways. Well, I, I take this, this call. I call it is, I was called to this. I've never been called to anything yes. like I have this. And I just surrendered and said, yes, I will go send me. I don't feel equipped or yeah. even that I have the knowledge to do all of these things. But I just said, yes. And I answered the call and I step every day bravely and boldly into that calling and the doors are opening and I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and we're just getting started and I'm not stopping. There's a lot of work that needs to be changed. Yeah. Especially when you hear those stats, like you told us and mm -hmm. the stories that you're hearing, what's your closing words of advice to, to the moms that are listening that you would tell them, um, I'd love to hear you just talk to our moms for a moment. Um, well, moms, you guys are amazing. We have the ability to impact our kids in more ways than we even realize. And we are their anchor. And it's important that you know this information because we weren't raised when we had social media and cell phones. And here we are trying to live in a world that our kids are living in that we have no understanding how can we talk to our kids about pills and drugs and fentanyl if we don't know? And people thank me for, for talking and sharing. And I say, well, if I don't, who will? If I don't tell you my story, then who will? And what's happening is people are opening up and they're saying, my child's struggling with this or my, you know, I'm understanding more. So I think it's important that we just try to understand the culture of what our kids are experiencing, what they're going through and watch what they're doing. Pay attention to their cell phones. Look at their social media. Don't let them have social media. Regulate their phones. Kids don't like that control, but we have to protect them. 
it is our job. We cannot give them a device to go zone out in, to go do their thing. We have to protect them. We have to bring them back to family, back to center and back to us because they were given to us to lead them and their cell phone can't be leading them. That's just know what your kids are doing and, and be a part of their life and try to understand, ask them how they're feeling, what's going on. Just try to listen because and let them know that you don't know, but you're here for them and try to be a safe Harbor. That's really just my recommendation. Yeah. Yes. And I think moms are catching up to the culture because we can only um, speak to what we know, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in our minds thinking, well, when I was a teenager, oh no, this is bad. This is war zone now. This, this is-, is not even comparable. I spoke at a school safety summit and I had a superintendent call me and he said, I am terrified to learn what is happening. I am embarrassed to say I'm being reactive because it's too late. I'm not, I, I didn't know. We don't know as adults. So now we have to get the word out, share, share the story, talk about it. And I will end on what I always tell everyone. God has given us our heart as our compass in life. And right now we're doing a lot of stuff in our mind and we have to recenter. And I tell that to my girls, I want you guys to unplug and go back and listen to your heart and let your heart guide you because you're given that your own unique heart and it's important that we take time to be with our heart. Wow. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for having God bless me. You. Bless you. God bless your family and um, God bless Tucker. Because mm-hmm. what a, what a beautiful young man he was and uh, kind of just feel like I know him already a little bit. So thank you. Great. For yeah. Thanks. Thank you for having me and spreading this message. And if anyone has any questions, um, txaf.org will lead them to a lot of learning, a lot of areas where they can learn about, about fentanyl. And yeah. if someone's struggling, feel free to reach out. I mean, I'm a resource and I'm happy to help. You are a great resource and we will be putting that up again. That is txaf.org uh, to go ahead and find information, help and um, see what you're doing in your state. That can be done in other states. This is what I'm thinking about. We need this all across the country, right? Yes, absolutely. We're yep. going to get that bill and we're going to copy it all across the country. Yes. Or, there are other, someone in Oregon had reached out wanting to ask about the bill because they were working on one too. So absolutely. Yes. Well, I worked for a state legislator and we would often take bills that worked in other states, copy them, adjust them, and then propose them in our state. So these are this is something that Kimberly and I are going to be talking about as well. What can we do with your bill? Take it around the country. Take your your dream of stopping all this and educating these kids um, on a worldwide mission here across America. Yes. So thank we you, can. Stephanie. Thank you. God Have bless a wonderful you, babe. Day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. What an amazing interview with Stephanie. Wow, no mom wants to have a mission born from this kind of sorrow. But Stephanie, she is just on a life-saving mission to save the lives of children through education. What a beautiful and noble undertaking. Thank you again, Stephanie. So moms like Stephanie, I said it in the interview, she's Moms for America. That's what we do. We change the world. We affect our community. We impact our culture. And we um, 
we raise patriots and we love our children and we teach them and we make a difference in our home. Uh, that's what we're doing. And we're taking a cue from her today to be inspired. And look what you can do, moms. Look at the change that you can make. It is absolutely amazing. You are so powerful. We say this every week that moms, you are truly the heartbeat of your home and that you are the ones that are going to save your children, save our culture and save America. So yes and amen, Stephanie. Also here at the end of the show, if you haven't joined Moms for America, please visit us at our website, momsforamerica.us. Uh, you can make a difference. We will help you make a difference in your home and in your community with all kinds of amazing resources. We have events coming up. We have programs, uh, trainings, all kinds of information on our website. Also, if you haven't checked out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings, I tell you this every week. This is a program that will help you in your home to learn the, the principles of liberty and teach them to your children. It will inspire and educate you about America's amazing heritage so you can share this in your home, like I said, with your kids. Um, our Liberty Kids is also happening. It's another version of our cottage meeting. You can check all this out on momsforamerica.us. Uh, we have so much information for you moms. Also, if you have an idea or a topic for a podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, podcast at momsforamerica.net. I'd love to hear from you and any suggestions that you have. Again, you are the heartbeat of your home, mama. You are the ones that are going to save our country. We believe in you and we think that you are amazing moms. We love, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming by again for our podcast this week. We will plan on seeing you next week again with another informative episode of our podcast. And moms, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Talk to you soon.